0: So I just want to share a bit on this passage and think a bit about what God might be saying through to us through the passage today. It's our third Advent Sunday, and we've been focusing on different things: prophecy last week. Um, Mark talked, Mark Ward talked about comfort the week before, um, and so this week we're thinking particularly of peace in this Isaiah nine passage. And so um, in modern day Israel, if anybody's been to modern day Israel, um, probably not recently, but in the last few years, um, when somebody greets you or says goodbye, they will typically say the word shalom. And in saying this, you're actually saying more than hello and goodbye. You're actually saying something like peace be with you. And they are sort of, you know, that word shalom kind of sums up um, you know, something along the lines of, may you be filled with a complete and perfect peace and be full of well being. Or something like, may health, prosperity, and peace of mind and spirit be upon you. So the word shalom is, is almost as old as the land itself. It's actually peppered through scripture, through the Bible. It appears over 200 times, a strong indicator of its importance. So some people might translate shalom as rest, but it doesn't quite do justice to the word. And that's probably why we translate it into the word peace. Um, So again, peace doesn't quite capture everything that that word means or says. And in the book, um, The Prophetic Imagination, Walter Brueggemann um, speaks of the power of imagination in enabling us to picture something different. A world in which violence, hatred, and injustice don't have the last word. And therefore, that that imagination to see the world as it should be. So, at its best, the notion of shalom is a picture of the world as it could be and should be. A world characterized by harmony, wholeness, and community. It brought to mind a song. You may remember this song Imagine all the people sharing all the world. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one." John Lennon wrote those words quite a long time ago. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. So in the start of this passage, in Isaiah 9, chapter chapter nine, verse one, There was an announcement of an important birth, and this announcement about this baby was actually made about 700 years before the baby came along. So it was quite a, 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 you know, quite in advance as a birth announcement. And the prophet Isaiah delivered this birth announcement to the people of Israel when they were facing a threat from a growing superpower in Assyria. And they were right to be frightened because Assyria would eventually destroy the northern kingdom of Israel and many Jews would be put into captivity. So Isaiah spoke into this situation where these people were threatened and they felt powerless and they were afraid of what might happen to them. And as their enemies only seemed to grow in strength, they didn't know if God was for them or against them or if he'd simply abandoned them. And Isaiah addressed this situation as that prophet by promising the coming of a future king, this baby that was to be born. And God wanted to give his people the hope of a future king to sustain them through dark times. So those people then, and perhaps us now as well, you know, are we to look at the darkness, the hopelessness, the dream shattered, and conclude that God has forgotten us? Or can we remember past mercies, present promises, and state the confidence that we have in our faith? So I'm gonna read that prophecy again, particularly that verses six to seven, um, which was sort of, I read in the Bible passage, but also it was mentioned in the, the Silent Night Carol as well. And I want you to think about those four pictures, those four names that are given to this child. And you may just want to put in the chat a picture that comes to mind when you hear those names. i have got to read it quite slowly, just to give us a, a chance for God to give us those pictures of what those four kind of titles mean to us. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called
1: Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. So yeah, just put in the chat what some of those things mean to you, wonderful counsellor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
0: Some of the things I was thinking about, and I'll I'll sort of pick up in the chat, anything else that people say as well. Wonderful counsellor, he's wise, he works all things to the counsel of his will, and he knows the best for us. He's a source of extraordinary wisdom for us. Mighty God, he is strong and powerful.
1: He ultimately will be always able to protect us. Everlasting Father, he's caring. He's a father who cares for all. Prince of Peace, he brings people together. He brings together the lion and the lamb. There is peace at every level. In the chat, we've got a good listener and a bright shining star.
0: So two of those titles, it could be that, you know, because at the time, um, somebody who was listening to that prophecy at the time wouldn't have known about the incarnation and who that baby was. So at the time they might've thought that that would have applied to just a normal, mortal human being who was gonna come along and, and kind of, you know, vanquish those enemies. So two of those titles, that that child could have been just that normal human being, wonderful counsellor and a prince of peace. And that was a time when Judah desperately needed wisdom and peace. Those would have been traits they would have greatly desired in a leader. But the other two, mighty God and everlasting father, they're names that seem to clearly apply to God. But those Israelites weren't expecting God to be born and live amongst them. As I say, they had no concept of that incarnation that would happen 700 years later. And we know that those titles, those four titles, apply to God and to that Jesus child that was born in that stable. A couple of other words that have come up there, always there, consistency and dependability. Hope for a future where we have no fear, no sadness. A wonderful, wise leader of the people, protecting us from all harm. And actually, all those terms, when I was looking up and sort of um, reading around this passage, all of those four titles that are given to that little baby are actually talked about in terms of God in in Isaiah. So in Isaiah 25, uh, chapter 25, verse 1, it says... The Lord God has done wonderful things and wonderful in counsel in Isaiah 28, verse 29. God is called mighty God in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 21. God is called the Father as people in Isaiah 63, uh, verse 16. And Yah- Yahweh Shalom, which means Lord is peace, um, is talked about in Judges 6:24, chapter 6, verse 24. So just reinforcing to us that God and Jesus are the same one God. Israel was looking for that immediate kind of answer to their issues at that time. But God's solution would come, but it wouldn't come for a while, but it would last forever. God is letting them know what's coming. And all they had to do was trust in this, in faith. Faith sees the light in the darkness, however small it is. And we have two options, even today, as we respond to this passage. We can look at our world and seeing the darkness, find only hopelessness, shattered dreams, and conclude that God has forgotten us. Or we can look at our present darkness and remember God's mercy, his grace, and his future promises. Yes, there is real darkness but even in the darkness of nights, we can see the bright light of Jesus Christ. And verse two of that passage describes that light. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. And notice in that that verse, it talks about they're walking in darkness. They're not just seeing the darkness from far off. They're walking inside the darkness. I don't know about you, but in my road uh, at the moment, there's lots and lots of houses that have got lights on the front of the house, which I love. I love seeing all the different lights. And there's one house right at the end of my road where there is every surface of the the house is lit up. They've got lights in the windows, they've got lights on the roof, they've got lights on the garage. You know, every surface is lit. I dread to think what their electricity bill will be. But as you see it, you can't miss that light that shines out in the darkness. And actually, even as you come around the corner, even before I can see the lights, I can see the glare of those lights. I can see the impact of those lights even before I see the house and the lights because the light just shines incredibly in the darkness. I can see the impact that that light has on the darkness in front of me. And where does that light come from? It emanates from a little baby.
1: God is doing an amazing thing. He's overturning our expectations. A child is born
0: that defeats all evil. It's an improbable, unlikely, incredible story. When everything else in this world fails, when all our best plans are found wanting, when we've reached the very end of what we can do, and to us, a child is born. And there's a baby in the manger, to set it all right again. We like to think we're strong and mighty, we're capable of doing things on our own, or at least collectively, but it turns out that God doesn't need us at all. We need him. And in this child, we have him, the baby born in a manger
1: 2000 years ago, Jesus Christ, our Saviour.
0: So as though we know this prophecy about the birth of Jesus has been fulfilled, and we recognize the light has dawned, we also recognize the disconnect in the world today. We recognize the broken relationships in government, in families, in work teams, in churches. We recognize the brokenness that exists around us that can be magnified at Christmas. And so I want to pray for those situations now, and you might need to you might want to call those situations to mind as we pray this.
1: Shalom I leave with you, my shalom I give to you. Not as the will gives, give I to you.
0: Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be fearful. Some words from John chapter 14, verse 27. So Lord God, we pray for your Holy Spirit now to work in these broken situations that we've got in our minds. We pray that you bring love and light and healing. And I pray that we would know your shalom today. We would know that your peace is there available to us. We would know that you are indeed wonderful counsellor, mighty God, Everlasting Father,
1: and our Prince of Peace. Lord, be our peace
0: today, tomorrow, this Christmas time, and forever. And we pray that we can be bringers of that peace to others.
1: Lord, be our Shalom. And
0: help us to see that in the future, there will be Shalom. There will be that completeness and wholeness as you come
1: again into this world. We ask this in your precious name this Christmas. Amen.